All right, let's go. You sure you're ready for this? I'll do my best. Your best? Losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and f*** the prom queen. Welcome to the best soccer show. The best soccer show in the whole world. Here we go. Best soccer show. Backheel.com. Jason Davis. Jared Dubois. Sunday night edition. Unlive. Show is unlive. Unlive. Not living. Yes, it is unlive. It is not live. It is uh, It is happening uh, in the past for the people listening to it, but that's okay. We're going to cover everything that happened in soccer since you and I last got together. I think last week. Well, I, I'm not even like, I, I was a bad soccer fan this afternoon. Well, I watched that, that New York thing that happened earlier. Can and, I just, uh, can I just break in? I feel like we have to do this. Seattle Sounders have scored a goal. It is now 1-1. In Portland, because I can on an unlive show on an unlive show. Yeah, we I know. That? Well, I just feel like we should mention it. We are. <laughs> I know. It's just that's our style. Well, like, is is my love for Doc Hollywood like documented on this show? Doc Hollywood, the 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 movie featuring Michael J. Fox, in which he is stranded yes. in a small town and becomes yes. enamored with the locals. That's a sneaky dark horse favorite of mine. Falls falls in love with the local girl. That whole thing. That oh, whole, a local girl that walks out of the water in, in a special way at one point. Is there is there, wait, wait, is there is there a better uh, is there a better hot girl in the movie reveal than walks out of the water? I'm thinking Phoebe Cates in. Uh, she wasn't Fast revealed Time. that way, though. That's not no, how no, she no. was introduced to okay. the, the, I, I the movie. I don't necessarily mean revealed. I mean, oh. I mean, put up on like, like, um, how, how do I say this? Like, she is, she shines in that moment. Like she, her, her beauty. Didn't Daenerys Targaryen, like in the one of the first episodes of Game of Thrones, isn't that? Didn't she come out of a pool of water too, there, like there out may, of a bath? There may be something to that. I'm, t- I'm thinking. Okay, so now I'm thinking Phoebe Cates. I, I know what Bo Derek in Ten. She definitely yes. has some coming out of the water mm-hmm. scenes. What else? I think there is a old school. Um, uh, what was Alec? Ba- what's Alec Baldwin's uh, first wife's name? Uh, Kim Basinger. Yeah. Didn't she come out of a, uh, a Bond movie she where she came be. out of in like a, a a kind of like a neoprene kind of thing out yeah, of the water? I, I, I want to say I want to say that Holly Berry's done this at least once or twice. Like this has been like what's the right vehicle for male nudity? Like uh, coming nothing. out of what? Nothing. There's Nothing. no good way to make it look right. By the way, and look, I am not against male nudity in films. It should be an equal opportunity situation. If the if the, if the people who enjoy male nudity want to see some, throw it in there. I'm I'm, I'm fine. I can I can live. I'm good with it. I'm, I'm just good. being like God did not make these two things equal. Hey, that is absolutely true. And from a purely aesthetic point of view, there is a difference between the male anatomy and the female anatomy. So, and most women will agree as well. I, I think so. But so so the standard is the only the only thing I have to go on is Kevin Bacon and Wild Things and that's not a good that's not a oh good he was just he was in water too yes he was he that, was a, he that was did not have a good drip effect <laughs> that's not even right that's one of the things though you can't come out of the water as a dude Jay Rodius because <laughs> you don't really know if you're like is that the water or. <laughs> So I, I'm sure it, sure it was it was almost uh, it was almost scorching hot in that shower for Kevin Bacon because that's the only. You know, way. I got I, I got a weird like uh, flashback moment last week. My I so did you know the BattleBots is back and it's on like network yeah. television now. By the way, I, I, you're, I'm gonna let you get your piece in here. I just want to go on the record as saying, didn't we do this like 15 years ago and didn't it suck and nobody watched it? 
I think. Oh, listen, I watched it. I'm not gonna say I'm not like I was like hardcore about it or anything like that, but I watched it. But I think we're forgetting that when seen through the like when as soon as I saw this coming, I'm like, okay, I gotta DVR this for my kid. Through the eyes of a five-year-old, this is the greatest show that's ever happened. Okay, I'm gonna have because to, he's seeing robots just maul each other. I'm gonna have to do a test, and it's gonna have. To, I'm gonna have to check and see if, if seven-year-olds are also on that same train because because my kid does not know his days of the week except for the fact he knows that the next episode of Battle Boss comes out on Sunday. <laughs> All right, I'll t- look. I'm not against robots battling. I just don't I'm against the, the the corny announcers that they have. Well, yeah, those guys are always terrible. But I'm just I'm just curious what again, I'm not against it. If it's good television, it's good television. Um I just don't know why we're trying again. Like I, like it feels like they're presenting it as something brand new we've never seen before, but we did this before, right? As a culture, who we has did this. the worst announcing teams? American Ninja Warrior, <laughs> BattleBots, uh-huh. or San Jose Earthquakes? Oh, you went there, dude. That's just, just not. Damn, dog. That's inappropriate. That's not right. That's not right. Um, it's actually kind of accurate. Yeah. I, those guys are always like, I, I, could, I could totally do that job, by the way. I could totally be a BattleBots uh, ringside announcer. A lot of it's just going, oh. Yeah. And. And he, uh, and he, ch- he like, chops him in half. Stumbled. What? Huh? What? You already stumbled. You, uh, you can well, do that you're job. not giving me. I gotta get a setup here. I gotta get like. I gotta think in my head. There's a bo- there's a battle. Ice box. wave with a devastating hit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. Um. One more TV related thing before we move on here and, and talk about all the soccer that's happened since you and I got together last, and that's Game of Thrones. And I've said on this show that I was behind. I lost access. Somebody hooked me up. One of our listeners hooked me up. Thank you oh. very much. Yeah. I'm not going to identify them because I feel like the feds may be tracking them down if I do mm-hmm. that. Uh, but I did get access. I have caught up. I'm all the way through season five. And the one thing I'll say, and I'm not going to spoil uh, Hopefully, people are, are done. But I, I, I was behind, so I can understand how people might not be done yet. So no spoilers. All I'm going to say is they pulled this trick one too many times, Jared, and I'm I'm ready to jump off. I'm almost ready are, are you to jump off. Are talking about the last, the, the very yes. last shot of the, se- of the yes, season? Yes, I am finale? talking about the last scene of this se- of this season and the event that Wait, occurs. You're therein. telling me you you're telling me you avoided all the spoilers about that ahead of time. Uh, you really didn't know. I think I may have caught a hint on Twitter, averted my eyes. I don't know quickly. how you watched this a week or two weeks later and not knew known. No, that no, it was but see, I, I may have. I may, it may have been spoiled. Or it may not have mattered because I remember watching it, going, "Eh, okay, you did that again. Whoop do you do?" I have, I'm at this point. Uh, at this point, it's impossible to become emotionally invested in these characters because they could be dead next week. And you know what? That's that's different. That's interesting. That's new TV or not? Is a different TV uh, way of doing things than we usually see. But it just anno- it's at this point. I'm ready to like. I feel like jump. Like I'm but what jumping. if he's not really dead? Oh come on! Are you back on the bus then? No, I, if I well, then it's a then then they've basically created a situation in which nothing matters anymore. There are no consequences, and I'm done. I'm still done. I feel like I'm, I'm done. I'm just saying, if you got a red witch nearby, things might happen. But I feel like I'm done. I really do. I, 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 uh, then you, you, no, you, you can't have, but be done. You say that now. Come next year when that new trailer comes out for next season and some chick is on a saddle on the back of a dragon and you're going to be like, oh, I'm in. Well, okay. Here, here's a couple of things. And I know this is following the books and George R. R. Martin's writing the books and blah, blah, blah. 
Get Darnarius to Westeros. Can we just do that, please? Like, I know she's got dragons. If she shows up, she burns everything. Maybe the, the, the show's ended at Apparently that point. I think there's been a longer journey than par- since Parsifal. I mean, know? good God. Is she just going to chill in Marine forever? Okay, whatever. I mean, it's fine. Um, mm. uh, what else? Uh, I, I guess this the last couple of episodes were really good episodes for Tyrion Lannister. And you know, we, we love some Tyrion Lannister on this show. Oh, so man. at least we got that out of it. I don't know where else. I, I mean, I'm kind of over... Uh, I'm over the Dornish thing, like whatever that was about. Like, and and now <clears throat> that that's that. Was, although that scene to end the season, the whole Dornish storyline where Jamie is in Dorn, that 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 scene that ended it, that was pretty. Uh-huh. Bad. That was pretty badass. That was that was really good writing. <clears throat> like, I I can dig that. I just like that. There's no sexual mores in Dorn. Like, you, <laughs> you can do whatever you want anywhere you want there. <laughs> pretty much. Uh, speaking of doing. Uh, anything you want. Actually, this is a really terrible attempt at a segue. Jurgen Klinsmann's put together a Gold Cup roster. We're going to do that before we get to the U.S. women. We're definitely going to touch on them. And before we get to all of the MLS, especially with Rivalry Week, I feel like we need that guy. Like, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah. <clears throat> Tuesday. Too. Oh, wait. No. no that's, oh, yeah. yeah. Never. I was thinking about the women's game. <laughs> so, Jurgen Klinsmann's put together his 2015 Gold Cup roster, Jared. Um, well, we can do some individual stuff, but let me just get your first overall individual perception of get to the of what our man's put together here. Um, he's, it's interesting because <clears throat> it, I feel that it's a kind of a left turn from what he has been doing over the last few games leading up to the gold cup. And I, I kind of get it. Maybe he, he's, he spent the last few games, the Germany game, uh, the Holland game, uh, the, these games preparing for four years from now, where now he needs to put a, a camp roster together for a team that can win right now. But the weird thing is that team was winning now. So a lot of those young players that were making a difference, you're not seeing in this team and you're seeing a return to the old guard which feels like a crutch to a certain extent. You think it's a crutch? I think it's a I think it's it's what coaches do 9 times out of 10. You hand a coach a job. You say you have to win this tournament. This is this is your job to win this tournament. And, you know, in this case, Jurgen Klinsmann's already got one gold cup in the bag. He knows he wins this one. He get, he books that spot to the 2017 Confederations Cup, and he can move on and focus on 2016 and beginning the qualifying cycle. So they, if you hand a coach the job of win this tournament and get a Confederation spot, what they're going to do is go with the guys they trust. And I'll tell you right now, the reason that Timmy Chandler, Chris Wondolowski, Graham Zussi, uh, those guys, maybe a couple, Brad Davis, Brad yeah, Evans. So you, you remember Brad Davis. The Brads, the two Brads. The, the reason they are on, they're on this roster is because he trusts them to not lose their heads. To be handle boring. the moment. Maybe to be boring, but certainly to be composed. Okay. I, I, I get that, <laughs> but at, at the same time, the team that he was just playing with beat Germany in Germany. I mean, Jordan Morris was a part of that. <clears throat> I mean, there's... There's guys, Bobby Wood was a part of that. I mean, you're going to tell me that Chris Wondolowski is a better pick than, I don't know, Juana Gadello or Charlie Davies or even uh, uh, Bobby Wood at this point. Is he more experienced? Yes. But I don't know that Chris Wondolowski, first of all, is not going to be a starter for this team. So off the bench, is he a difference maker off the bench? 
and uh, find them for no i don't think so i mean i can i can put myself in Klinsman's shoes and try to explain it that way i wouldn't I could have taken too. Him. no and i really could i i wouldn't take him i will say this for chris wondolowski as a defense of 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 him and his game no one can say that chris wondolowski doesn't work hard no one can say no. that chris wondolowski doesn't look for every single sliver of a space he can find in a game scored this weekend helped uh, helped his team beat uh, a very hot LA Galaxy in the California Classico yeah. on Saturday. Um, he has a knack, and I think Klinsman respects the F out of his knack. He's not even playing striker for San Jose. I know. He was dropped into the midfield in that game. That was weird. Is that a thing that's been, been that way for a while now? So, Well, that, you know what? I th- obviously, what that is, is Kinnear deciding he needs a big body up top and then having Gwondolowski play off of that guy or, or make those later runs. And I can see why that might be effective. Certainly, they play a lot of set-piece glory uh, up there in San Jose because that's what Dom Kinnear <clears throat> pretty much built his entire career on. Um, I, I, I mean, I'm not, I don't know that, that, that Chris Wondolowski is the hill to die on here. If you are really going to go out and make a case for this being the, the wrong roster or, or Klinsman having made a bunch of mistakes... I, I don't know. I don't know if that's the guy that you identify. I mean, maybe you maybe you say the Brads are, are, are more of a problem. Yeah, I <clears throat> I don't know if they're a problem. Listen, I like I said, I can I can do the mental gymnastics of of getting to the same conclusion you are and that your conclusion is of this is a team that is experienced enough to get results that it will result in winning the gold cup. But it just doesn't feel exciting. It doesn't feel like a continuation of what we just watched over the last few weeks. And that to me is disappointing. But I get it. I really, really do. Yeah, but are but you going to be? I want to see some of these kids that have been putting okay. in the effort. Okay, sure. I, I I understand why. But this is this is what we do, right? This is what we say. What is the what is the a number rule? A number one rule when it comes to the way American soccer fans look at players. Young is sexy. Everything else, we don't care about that. And I get that, but the young, sexy also got you two huge victories yeah, in Europe. In games that didn't mean a damn thing. They had nothing on the line. You, th- mm. uh, you think that... I'm not saying that those teams aren't capable of beating Mexico in a Gold Cup final in front of 90,000 people, 75,000 of which are there to root, to, to root for Mexico, but I think that it's a different atmosphere, and Klinsman has a different out- outlook on it. Okay, I I get that. Okay, let's do nitty gritty here real quick. All right, nitty gritty. So, right. <clears throat> and let's look at these this defender core here. First of all, you got for center backs, you have Ventura Alvarado, John Brooks, uh, Omar Gonzalez, and Tim Ream. I guess. I guess. I guess Tim Ream. I guess. <clears throat> Who's your starting two center backs there? That Omar group? and Brooks. I think are, wh- are where I'm going first. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with that as well. And I think Tim Ream, uh, definitely what two time. Uh, player of the of the club, a player of the year for for Bolton, uh, as voted by the players and the club, I believe. So I, I get it. He's having a good season in, the, in a couple of seasons in the championship. Um, he also has a big ability to play in multiple different positions for you. I understand why he gets brought in right here. He's a modern day Johnson Specter. <clears throat> so at fullback, a modern day Jonathan Specter. <clears throat> Jonathan Specter is like twenty eight years old, by the way. He's a modern day Jonathan Specter. I'm saying his role is similar to the role that Jonathan. Spector <laughs> no, played I I know. I just think that's hilarious considering where Jonathan Specter has. He's like it's like he's disappeared and like 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 Jonathan Specter ceased to exist. He's this this ghost image in American soccer circles. I, I mean, just come a, on. he plays for Disappearing Ham or something like that. Yeah. I can't remember. <laughs> all right, all right. So all you, right. So at fullbacks, you have um, Timmy Chandler, Brad Evans, Fabian Johnson, 
and I guess Tim Ream. I guess Tim Ream. So uh, who's your starting two backs? A pretty easy one in this one, right? Uh, f- well, I mean, Fabian Johnson's listed there. I'm going with Fabian Johnson. Um, mm. and let's see. What? Do we, what? Wait, hold on. I was half listening and half doing something else. Timmy Chandler. Timmy Chandler is probably the other one. Right? Brad Evans. Brad Evans is going. I can't imagine Brad Evans is going to start at right back in the Gold Cup. But you also look. Remember that this is a tournament that presents two different phases, two very different phases. Yeah. And while the United States has a what we can call a difficult group for the Gold Cup, they should skate that that group. There's no doubt about that. So, and you can make six changes to the roster after the group stage is over. So Klinsman not only has that versatility, but he does have working form that. You know, Chris Wondolowski can go up there, go out there and beat up on some some uh, you know lesser lights of Concacaf, and then when you get to to Mexico, that's when you're playing your big boys. That's when you're playing your team that you trust most, or that you think you can score the most goals. So I, I think it's 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 we we kind of take this whole thing like it's one one thing when there's so much so many moving parts for Klinsman on this. Which also I should also mention that DeAndre Yedlin is in this team, but listed as a midfielder. So um, obviously uh, there's an option of option that fullback there, as right. well. Yeah, but we so know. So in mid- we know midfield, that- then, uh, well, one thing we should talk about before we move on, though, Fabian Johnson is obviously the default left back, no matter what, the best left back in the system. But yeah. almost has to play there now because Breck Shea is one of those players not brought into this this 23. Yeah, nor and, and Greg neither, Garza. Nor there was, neither was Greg Garza. Right. So. Either and Fabi, sorry, Fabian Johnson actually listed listed as a midfielder, not as a defender. So my mistake there. I didn't. I didn't mean to speak out of turn. So you have, uh, you have Chandler, you have Evans listed as a defender. You have Reem listed as a defender. And you have yet. See, this is what I'm saying. This is why I'm confused. Uh, he brought a whole bunch of Lego pieces. No, okay, that's but, what he did. Okay, Guys, but, you can put in a bunch of different connect with a bunch of different things. Okay, but here's where. Okay, here's here again. Here's part of the confusion. All right, so you're. I don't know where you pulled up the roster, right? So you pulled up. You went. You said Gold Cup roster USA. I'm on a little website called ESPN FC. Okay, so you, that's where you pulled it up. So you they they uh, essentially all they did was reproduce what the what the um, uh, press release said, which mm. has DeAndre Gedlin listed as a midfielder, right? Yeah. Where does where's Fabian Johnson in that in that one? Defense. He's as a defender. Okay. So if I go to if I go to USsoccer.com and I click it's on, presented in an alphabetical order. I can't stand. Well, yeah, there's that. I'm dealing with that because I, w- I would love to have it uh, by position. But I'm looking at it. Guess what DeAndre Yedlin is listed as on this roster? What? Defender. Ford. Defender. Yeah, that would be great if he was a Ford. But he's listed as defender. Jossie's artist. Defender. I mean, a forward or midfielder on your list? Uh, midfielder. Forward on this list. Huh? Well, I think ESPN actually knows better. No, I, I'm saying that that's so. U.S. Soccer puts out one roster that is what you see right there in front of you, mm-hmm. and then when they actually put it up on their website with the individual names and their hometowns and all that because stuff, because they're just acknowledging the fact that no one really knows anything about what Jurgen Klinsmann's <laughs> going to do. Because the guy is just Get to the uh, twice, just twice now, because he just doesn't know Duh, what's, a, what's a position. What is a position? What, yeah, what know. is you know what that's that that is the philosophical question of our time as spoken as asked by one Jurgen Klinsmann what is a position what is a p- position anyway does a position matter do positions have feelings no i'm sorry that's weird um so we, we, this is this is again it's an experienced roster with a couple of odd inclusions i guess uh you still have you know, I think that the the players I'm most excited to see out of this group include Alvarado, who I know has been a little rough with the national team. 
um, and needs to grow up a, a lot. But Alvarado, uh, Brooks, who continues to, to grow and get better, uh, certainly Giassi Zardes, who's been on a tear for the U.S., Mm-hmm. Uh, and Alfredo Morales for, and for the Galaxy, Alfredo Morales. I'm not. He doesn't excite me necessarily. I think it's an interesting. Part. So that means that Breck Shea did not get pulled in for this, right? Um, but you he got can the, be the guys he, we have. First of all, Breck Shea's hurt, so there's that. Okay, he's out, he's injured, but right? he wasn't hurt when the when I think when this came out, right? He got hurt this weekend. No, 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 no. He got hurt. Was last, he hurt the previous he was, game? Yeah, he got hurt last weekend. Okay, so I think he missed out because of injury. But he, still, where's Greg Garza then? That's a good question. I, again, this roster can change. As many as six names can change when we get to those knockout rounds. He could say, well, for one thing, I think one of the goalkeepers will change. I think probably Hamid comes in uh, for Rwanda because that keeps the splits well, the difference. Speaking of names that change, there's two names now in this lineup that in this roster that weren't there for the for the European uh, competitions that we just did, and that is Josie Altor and Clint Dempsey. Yes, sir. Two guys that had nothing to do with either of those two games where the U.S. looked very, very good. Are you worried at all about having to fit them back in and what that does to some of the midfield choices that were made over those two games where the U.S. looked pretty good? Uh, yeah, I, I guess I would be. Um, you know that we saw some expansive stuff. We saw Michael Bradley look his best. Now that's that, the player I'm worried about, Jason. Right it, there is that because he doesn't necessarily have to deal with Clint Dempsey drifting into his space at the top of the diamond. Mm-hmm. Is that because uh, the runs from you know some of those forwards were better than uh, than he sees from Altidore? I don't know. It's it's going to be an interesting question. Yeah, I definitely think that a big part of it, though, is, the, like you said, the ownership of space. What is Clinton, Clint Dempsey going to own for space in this, and how does that affect Michael Bradley? And uh, listen, it could be just the addition of sub- by subtraction. Bradley happened to look good over these two games, so we're going to draw the conclusion yeah. that Clint Dempsey had a, has something to do with that. It could just be that Michael Bradley had two games and would have had it that way even when Clint Dempsey was there. Yes, right. But, and it's a small sample size, so we got to remember And that. we can't prove otherwise. Right. But you're going to find a place for Clint Dempsey, but maybe what that tells your conclusion is that you don't need to make Dempsey into such a playmaker in midfield. Maybe you just run him as a striker. But that's what run is, him as a striker. But isn't that his? Isn't that his? Is his instinct more than what Klinsman tells him to do? I mean, watch him with Seattle. It's not like he's not doing the same things with Seattle as a striker in their formation that he does with the national team. This is who yeah, Klins- he's got. He's got a running mate better than Josie Altidore. Seattle. This is true. But this, but but that's what Clint does. I mean, it's just what he does. He is who he is, and rather than the player being worked in, you know, adjusting himself to the system, we tend to have a situation where Dempsey, you know, the system has to be worked for Dempsey, not the other way around. And and I think well, that you, then you got to ask the question: Do you want Michael Bradley to be just? Do you, is does he need to just be Alonso? Alonso then? No, he just needs to what? play defense, control the midfield. No, he the, the, the no. Seattle plays with a very bucket midfield. No, very bucket midfield no. that gives a lot of distance between the strikers and the midfielders. And if you want Michael Bradley to play that way, he can and he can do it fantastically. But. I like the version of Michael Bradley I saw more over the last few games. And yeah. I don't know how he's going to operate that way with Clint Dempsey in that same Well, spot. maybe that's more about, like you said, maybe that's more about Michael than it is about about the system or about Dempsey. Maybe that's a, a mindset thing for Michael Bradley. Maybe that's but maybe that's the thing Klinsman, you know, maybe Klinsman gave him a different sort of mandate now. Or, and, and it won't really matter who's ahead of him. You know, these things all kind of come together. Uh, I, I don't know. I think they're going to be fine. And I think that they are capable of winning the Gold Cup. 
Mexico comes in with a really good team and a lot of pressure. Meanwhile, Costa Rica's got some issues that they're trying to work under uh, work out under Wancho. So this is a this is a tournament the United United States can still win with you know with this group. There's plenty of talent here, Jared. There's plenty of talent, and just also remember that. They don't even have to win it to still get a chance to go to Confederations Cup. No, true. Is that me just to. being a defeatist American, though? Yes. Yeah. I mean, look, you don't want to go to that playoff. I don't even know how that works. It's like, is it? Do we determine? Nobody this? knows because it's never happened before. Well, I know it hasn't. It's never happened before. And really, do you trust Concacaf to like set it up oh, correctly? Hell no. No, of course you don't because we're gonna end up playing that game in Azteca. Yeah. <laughs> zone. Yeah. All right, so there's your Gold Cup roster. When does the tournament technically start? I think it's like the seventh or something for the USA. What's the? Yeah, your guess is as good as mine. Right. I haven't even paid that much attention to it. it looks like uh, the third in Nashville. I'm okay. oh, sorry, that's the exhibition game. Yeah, uh, they'll play Haiti on the tenth for the U.S. I'm not sure if that's when the tournament kicks no, off. No, that's no. U.S. They first play. Game. They play July seventh against Honduras in Dallas. That's their first game at a, yeah. at uh, Toyota Stadium in Frisco, Texas. So they. Uh, uh, that'll be the first game. Then they uh, play Haiti on the 10th, as you said. So those are the first two matches for the U.S. Gold Cup coming up. We are in the midst of another tournament, the U.S. Uh, women up at the Women's World Cup in Canada. They have uh, reached the semifinal stage, Jared. They beat um, uh, they beat uh, Colombia 1-0. Uh, now they are uh, moving on. Uh, wait, who did they just beat? China. China. My brain, see, my brain is gone already. I, I, I've been covering this tournament. That's from part of that because they haven't really played a tough team yet. Well, okay, so I mean, this wait. is the put up and shut up game right here. Australia, Sweden, Nigeria. That's the group, and then yeah, yeah, and then uh, and then Colombia, and now China. Now they move on to the semifinals. Where they were, Australia face. was a fantastic team in this tournament, and, and probably maybe not probably probably did deserve to move on uh, to the semifinals as well. But this is a different level. They haven't had to go through one of the favorites. We think Germany had to go through France to get here. I mean, that's a big ask. And uh, to be honest with you, what do you think about that, Jason? Were you is the U.S. getting the better matchup by playing Germany instead of France? Probably. I think um, I think they'll uh, they're. they're the France is a little trickier, a little bit more likely to cause them problems. Um, I think that's a tough call. I mean, I think France is a more talented team, while Germany is a more disciplined team. And I don't, I don't mean that in the stereotypical German way. I just mean they are. Um, they're not quite as, from 1 to 11, quite as good. Or they don't have the top-level talent as deep through the team as, as France does. But they get the job done. They were they were pretty much beaten by France through 120 minutes. I mean, yeah. that was a game where it took it took a deflection for for France when uh, Nassib scored, and it took a penalty for Germany to score a goal. But everybody, you know, if you watch that game, it certainly tilted in France's direction uh, in terms of the balance of the play. And then the Germans just got got it done in penalties, and and France missed one. I mean, that's how thin that margin is. I yeah, think I, I'm I'm. I'm <sighs> When it comes to the, I, I feel the same way. I think the the French team would have really asked a lot of questions of the U.S. that I don't think I wanted to watch the U.S. be asked of, and that's the inside outside play, the tracking ability through midfield. I'm fully, fully have every faith in the women's back line. Absolutely, it's the midfield in front of them. I have, I think it's fairly suspect, and I think that don't get me wrong. I think in the China game, the moves that were made and the, the players that were brought in, and uh, Kelly O'Hara. Mm-hmm. Um, Later in the game, uh, Hayo came in. I think the midfield looked better. Amy Rodriguez 
while she didn't finish a lot of stuff, her work rate was amazing in the game. Yeah, she did a lot of she did a lot of things. And this is why anybody wants to argue with me about Josie Outdoor starting for the U.S. Men's National Team. I'll go directly to this same argument. The, it's, the, it's the other things that she does, that she did in this game, Amy Rodriguez, beyond scoring goals, because she, she missed a, an amazing opportunity in the first five yeah. minutes of that match. But it was everything else she did that allowed the United States to be more effective going forward. They need to figure out how to score goals overall as a team. But she made a difference. Is she going to be as effective against Germany? I don't know, but you can imagine that entire German team coming off 120 minutes of soccer, the emotional roller coaster of penalties. You put Amy Rodriguez in there and ask her to run circles around their back line, they might get tired too. I mean, they might, you know, they might lose their concentration. Yeah. And I would say, once again, to go back to that France versus Germany kind of thing, I I think the German team is going to play much more to the U.S. strengths. Um, They're a little bit more direct. I think Pop is an amazing player for, for Germany, one of the ones I love watching. But the, the, the short, Triangle passing movement of France, mm. I think would have given the U.S. fits. I think the Germans are going to play up against them much nicer. I remember watching that France USA game a few months ago, and French just destroyed the U.S. I mean, it wasn't even like they were on the same page. And I think the German team matches up well. That being said, I still think the German team is probably better. But I think the U.S. defense right now can see them through a game, and if that back four can keep running the way it has been so far through this tournament. I mean, Julie Johnston's my new spirit animal. I, this is one of the best defenders I've ever seen in the women's game. And I, she just absolutely locked, lights out, lockdown defender. And by the way, did you know dating an NFL player? I just read that. I was going to ask you if you knew that. Zach Ertz of the Philadelphia Eagles. I did uh, find that out. I did not know. Did you read his blog piece on her? No, I didn't. I should go back and look. I, I saw no, he has this blog, and he wrote this really, really long, really nice I mean, it's a really pretty, like, ode to her. Like, and he wrote it, I don't, I'm not sure when he wrote it, but uh, maybe in Tuesday or something like that. Look but at those, uh, it's a really fun read about two athletes and how they met in college yeah. and how their athleticism and being professional athletes versus being a couple. It, it's a really, really cool read for anyone out there. And it's literally on his own personal blog. You kind of have to kind of find yeah, it. Yeah, you know, I, I knew, obviously, I knew about Lauren Holiday. She married. Her yeah. professional athlete um, boyfriend, Drew Holiday of the of the, he was of the Sixers. I don't know where he's playing now. To be honest yeah. with you, um, maybe New Orleans or something. I don't know. Doesn't matter. And now I find out about Julie Johnston as well. Um, lots of pressure on on them to produce the next generation of <laughs> soccer talent. Because I mean, I don't want them to be football. I don't want their kids to be football. More players. pressure, Sydney Larue and Don Dwyer, or Johnston and Ertz. Well, Sid and Dom only because they draw more attention to themselves. But you know the Johnston Earth baby is going to play for the U.S. Right, whereas there may be some question for the LaRue Dwyer baby. Or at least got three, three nations to choose from. Yeah, they got, yeah exactly. Um, and, and there is the fact that neither of them were actually born in the U.S. I mean, that, that doesn't have anything to do with their Americanness. I know Sidney LaRue is American. Don Dwyer, not so much. Uh, I don't know. It, it is what it is. I think um, we, we've, already put, we've already put Ashley... Um, um, was it McAvoy and uh, and and uh, Jada Merritt on the clock, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's another one. What country do you play? Because she's I Canadian, know. right? She's Canadian. That's right. That's that's the problem right there. I mean, all I know is that we, no other country b- b- making uh, uh, like athletic super babies like the U.S. is. Just give us one more generation, one more generation, and we're gonna have some athletic super babies. Can we just can we just get? I would just ask. I mean, I know you can't really, you can't really like. Uh, control who you fall in love with. And I know the man was playing in Canada 
and he and he he met her. It's like is it Macavore? It might be Macavore. Um, he met her while he was up there. She's what? But can we can we get some people to stop falling in love with like foreign athletes? We don't have this question. I'm I'm gonna say it differently. Can we get some American <laughs> player to get Venus uh, Serena Williams pregnant? <laughs> That's that same. is the mother of the next athletic super child. Damn dog. In a probes. There's a double. <laughs> Jay Rodius. Someone makes someone have a bad decision. You know, once upon a time, uh, she was dating. Uh, I believe she was dating the 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 guy who played li- linebacker for the Redskins. That don't help me. Uh, I know. I'm trying to remember his name. Uh, he was big deal out of Penn State. I, I, I'm I think Gucci on Ye was the only man, man enough in the U.S. system to be able to. To to actually penetrate a a a, a Venus a Serena Williams whoa, egg. Danger zone. I don't think you're allowed to use penetrate. I think we've crossed the line. I know what? I I know I cursed on the final sensual. I know I cursed on the final version of the show two weeks ago that we released because because Trevor sold me out. Oh, by the way, do you want to tell that story about how that got out too? About uh, how you accidentally set the wrong edit? Well, no, it's not that I sent the wrong edit. It's that I cursed two other times during the show. And I knew I, had, I went back and I and I edited those out. I dropped in bleeps or whatever, or I just blanked them out. Um, but I forgot to go back to the beginning of the show and cut off the false open, like and because I do it. And what does that say about our editor? What does that say about our producer? Didn't even listen to the show. Just oh, no, posted no, no. it. No, no, no. He listened to it. He laughed. Oh, he did. He decided okay. to sell me down the river because he thought it was funny. I won't say it, it wasn't funny. Oh, it was funny. Oh, it was funny. I, I also I think it's 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 fascinating though, that Jared, because I realize this. You know, I'm doing I'm doing three hours of radio every weekday. We do this show whenever we can, hopefully every week. And I think I have this. You're you're you know you're the edgier one on this program. I mean, you make the mm-hmm. jokes. You make the stuff that's inappropriate. That's why that's the J penetrate. That's why the J Rodius drop exists. Mm. I think when when people hear me curse, I think that's a kind of a it's a it's a, it messes with them a little bit because they think it's of like me as like it's like hearing your grandma curse. I guess that's what it is. Like like your your uptight science teacher dropped the f bomb. Like no, it's not like your grandma because if your grandma curses, like oh she's from a different time. Right. I guess, like, I, I think it's I think it has to do with I don't know. I guess my I have a persona. Like I, that's what blows my mind is that I have I have some sort of persona. Yeah. Good job on that. <laughs> uh, no cursing in this show. I don't think we've cursed. Should I just drop one in randomly just for the I hell mean, of it? No, I'm not going to do it. You make me feel like I did just all because right. I talked about basic biology. All right, so the, the, the USA-Germany match on Tuesday, all everything on the line there, an opportunity to go to the World Cup final. And it's kind of it's kind of been opened up for them. I mean, the, the, Germany's a tough out. But if they get past Germany, they're going to be playing one of Japan, uh, who's a good team, but everybody believes not quite as good as they were in 2011 and England who's a shock <clears throat> semi-finalist after beating Canada sorry in on Canadian soil now I I, yeah, I, am, strike, I, I am legitimately afraid of Japan so I don't want to get ahead of myself they have to beat Germany I'm legitimately afraid of Japan I think the Japan- as a country or as a team Okay, that's not that's not even right. Like, can, are you? That's I'm just asking. Like, what are you referring to here? Because I, I don't know where you referring I, to. Okay, um, yeah. There's uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of damn dog. That's in a probes. No, as as a as a, a soccer team. Because did you see that goal? Did you see their goal that they scored? Japan's uh, yes, yes. I also saw the heel flick that almost was. It would have been the greatest goal ever in oh, this that, World that Cup. That would have been an amazing. Oh, that would have been an amazing goal. Yeah. Uh, so Japan is just. And I heard somebody say this. I can't remember who it was. Japan does this thing where they have the ball. 
They have the ball. They have the ball. They don't. They they create a couple of chances. Nothing really major. They get one good chance. They put it away. They have the ball. They have the ball. The game's over. They won. And they win one nothing. But you never mm-hmm. feel as though that's not their game plan. You never feel as though that's not them playing well. That is them playing well. They just win by one goal margins because that's who they are. They they don't put away a lot of chances, but they dominate so much of the ball. They can pass the ball around uh, circles around you that you don't really get a chance to get into the game. The United States is not that. They win by one goal, and we go, oh, man, that was really t- – I have a, like my chest still hurts from the pressure of that game. Yeah. And, man, you know, who the Chinese could have gotten in, into it now. I don't think – But they- as I watch Japan play, though, I feel like they don't like to be bodied. I feel like they don't like to be knocked out of their rhythm, and that's something the U.S. can do. That's not what you're going to be able to do against yeah. Germany. Well, I'll say this. Against China, the U.S. looked a lot better, not only because Amy Rodriguez – was was opening up space with her runs and her activity, um, and not just because um, Kelly O'Hara was was pretty damn good, at least especially in possession up the right hand side. I thought Morgan Bryan played very well. Um, they, they were a lot better in possession, not just because of that, but because of the pressure they applied to to China. Now, you go up against Germany, a much better technical side than China, a team that can mm-hmm. hold the ball, a team that can find those spaces, that can find those outlets. Do you risk the pressure? It, that may be your only way to win, is to high press. Germany. I'd be surprised if Tobin Heath starts this match, and I'm a Tobin Heath guy. I like Tobin Heath, but she's tricky, I man. Do, ooh, what's that? She's got some. She's got some stuff. Like she, and that's my point. And that's my point. When it doesn't come off, Jeremy's the type of team that's going to kill you on changes of possession. You can't give up the ball in midfield. And what I like about Tobin Heath is discounted sometimes the fact that she loses the ball because she's trying stuff. And that's all well and good when you're in the offensive third. But if you're in the middle of the field or even your own defensive third, that gets kind of risky. Yeah. Obviously, Meg Rapinoe's coming back in. She's going to start. No question. What about Lauren Holiday? Is she going to be an automatic starter in yeah, this I think game? she is. I think she is. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if that's the right move necessarily. But you are playing Germany in the semifinals of a World Cup. It's not, it's not a, it's not a China team that everybody expects you to beat. I think that game's probably bigger than Morgan Bryan right now. Okay, then who's at, who's Alex Morgan's strike partner in this game? Ah, oh, jeez, that's a good question. Um, I think do you go with the do you go with the old hand? What what about this? What about starting? I mean, what about starting Wambach and Rodriguez? I mean, I I, I and sitting Morgan. Sitting Morgan and Morgan and having here for the last half hour, especially if you need a goal. I mean, I, I think that I think that what Rod and again is about more. If it's about more than what they do in front of goal, you so want Abby them to Wambach score. And, and 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 Amy Reagan are th- going to fight for ninety minutes. I'm just throwing. Saying. I'm just throwing it out there. Okay, I'm just throwing it out there. Maybe not because I could see well if Wambach's effort is on a ten. She can be effective in that game. Her effort hasn't been on a ten. Maybe that's her legs. Maybe that's just a you know her age catching up to her. I I know that that Amy Rodriguez is going to go out there and bust her bust her butt for ninety minutes or however long she's on the field. I know that. I, that's a guarantee. That's something I can put in. A but column. Alex Morgan is the more talented of the two. Yes, but Alex Alex Morgan. I want Alex Morgan was not good against China. She she was almost bad against China, and she didn't look like she had any interest in chasing that game and working in that game. She didn't get the ball where she wanted. She pouted. I, I can't deal with a pouty striker. I, I'm sorry. I want to see Kristen Press from the from the start. That's just me. 
I would love to see even a Kristen Press, Amy Rodriguez kind of match up a combo up there. But it's it's the big game. It's a one-off game against a very experienced team. I think she's going to go with experience in this one. I think let, you're going to see let, Alex Morgan, Abby Wambach up let, top. Okay, I expect that too. But let me let me amend this. It's not the, it's, uh, if a striker pouts because they don't get the ball where they want it, that's fine. Robbie Keane pouts all the time. That's what he does. Yeah. But he's also busting his butt. He's working as hard as he can yeah. to, to <laughs> find those spaces to open up the opportunity, and that's why he's upset he's not getting the ball. I, st- yeah. I felt like Alex Morgan, things just weren't working for her. Uh, when she did get the ball, she was being swarmed by Chinese defenders. Uh, she just wasn't very sharp. She dribbled the, she dribbled, how many times did she dribble the ball past the end line? A couple. A I couple. A couple for sure. Uh, and, and it just didn't. And that, you know, that, that may be lingering injury layoff effects. And I don't really know a player we're not mentioning at all outside of just basic uh, genetics. Uh, that's Sydney LaRue. I mean, she's maybe become a, a non-starter in this world. I don't think she's. I don't think she's got a big role to play in this. I, I think she works hard too. She can be a physical presence. She can. She can rough some people up. She gets. Her, she gets stuck in. But I don't trust her to score, and I don't know that her runs are on the level of somebody like Amy Rodriguez with her experience. I think that's all fair, all fair and good. And I would like to see Kelly O'Hara in this game. Again, this game, I'm just gonna say it. I would like maybe out on the right, maybe give you sit Tobin Heath and you give Kelly O'Hara a run on the right, mm-hmm. or Let's, even Kristen Press on the right if you're not gonna play her as a striker. Yeah, she can she can do that job. We'll see what happens on on Tuesday. Uh, let's turn to MLS. It is rivalry week in MLS. We started out on Wednesday with uh, TFC in Montreal. I like that it's rivalry week and DC, um, <laughs> New England, yeah. and I believe it was um, the Union, Philadelphia. Three classic East Coast rivalry cities are all playing Canadian teams. Yeah, and you know who, why not make a couple of those play each other? It, it, there, there was that. Okay, so because DC's big rival is the Red Bulls. Okay, well, I guess we're playing. I guess the Red Bulls have to play NYCFC on the weekend for the forty-eight thousand at Yankee Stadium. That's that's fine. It's whatever you want to push that rivalry. I get why, even though it's not measuring. Listen, up. Heineken wants to have a party. You're going to yeah. have a party. But tell me, explain to me why RSL and Colorado didn't play if it's rivalry week. Because it's not really rivalry week. It's rivalry week for two teams that are going to play on national TV. The rest of us. I mean, no, but LA they, played San Jose. There's your other one. But they have they put up five games as rivalry week. They said TFC and Montreal. That's absolutely a rivalry. That was on Wednesday night. Then they had uh, Dallas and, and Houston on Friday night. FC Dallas won that game 2 nothing. Then you had uh, LA and, and San Jose up at Stanford Stadium, fifty thousand yeah. in attendance. And now and then today, the the New York game. And the and the Cascadia game. You know, outside of MLS, I don't think geographically anyone thinks of San, uh, of um, of Colorado and San, San sorry uh, Salt Lake City as rivals. They have they a, are in the league for sure, but they have a trophy. They have a Rocky Mountain Cup, and they played some really intense games. Uh, look, Colorado's a bad team. I think that's obvious. Maybe that's yeah. part of the reason why. And RSL's going that direction. Well, they seem to be. Well, they just can't keep off the, they get the dang red cards in the referee's pocket. Maybe we'd see someone who RSL really is. I feel like it's yeah. been a month and I haven't seen who this team really is because they're constantly playing without guys. Speaking of that, I mean, we're not going to be able to hit on all of these games tonight. Um, I think that would be a disservice to uh, the to, to the games if we tried to rapid fire go through them. But a couple of talking points. Let me, let me go back to Wednesday because they uh, RSL loses to New York. Rebels are coming off a terrible run of form. They lose to, to, to New York at Red Bull Arena 1-0. Javier Morales' red card. What do you think? Uh, I know I know what Jeff Kassar thinks. and I, I don't know. 
I I can see it both ways. To be honest with you, I, maybe I'm maybe I'm just treading the line. Maybe I'm being a fence sitter on this one. I don't know. What do you think? I don't think it's a red for me because uh, because I don't think the tackle was egregious, and you had a red, you had a, a RSL defender right there. It's not. This isn't denial of a goal scoring opportunity or obvious goal scoring opportunity. If it, if, it, if that's what the call was. Is that what is that the explanation we got? Or did we I didn't read it? the I didn't read the, the okay. referees' comments right. afterwards. But if it's a, if that if that card, okay, it can't be for the tackle. It has to have been. It has to have been for Dogso. If it's if it's for Dogso, it's wrong because I think Tony Beltran was right there. Do we have an actual like name for the ab- abbreviation now? Dogso. Some people say Dogso. I don't like it. I really try to avoid saying it, but people people say it. I've heard it said. Mm. So like doctioned. <laughs> All right, so uh, that's uh, RSL in, in New York on on uh, Wednesday. You have any other Wednesday thoughts? Because I mean, well, obviously I have one. Obviously I have one. My my LA beat up on Portland five zero. Yeah, that's a pretty big game. Five uh, five different goal scorers in that game. Am I right about that? I think the Jets scored twice. No, maybe it might it might have been all five different. It might have been all five different. And that was a that was and that was the second game in a row LA had put down five because they had beaten. Um, yeah, five different. They had beaten uh, who? Did they beat five one. Well, they did PSA Elite in the Open Cup. Yeah, no, not that game. That game was six. Then they nothing. did um, uh, Philadelphia Union the week before. That's who it is. They beat the Philadelphia Union five one. CJ CJ Sapong got on the goal uh, goal sheet for. for but at the same time, and then the, I, mean, I think it, I think the league was asking a lot of LA to play th- all those games. Fourth game in two weeks, and it's a rivalry game up in San Jose away. I mean, if you looked at that game last night, those guys had nothing left. No, now, I, Bruce Reed didn't have to choose those same starting eleven again. No, no, he, and that's on him for that. He could have made some changes. Now he rolled out, and I heard a lot of people talking about how Kyle McCarthy, our friend over at Fox Soccer, he said Bruce putting out his starting his starting lineup, his first eleven or close to it against PSA Elite, a team they were going to wipe the floor with no matter who they put out there, mm. helped get some rhythm going into the weekend. They beat yeah. Philadelphia five one. That's great. It shows you that they brought over that confidence from beating PSA Elite midweek. Then they go back and they go into the midweek game against Portland. They demolished Portland. It was five different uh, goal scorers. Legette, Robbie Keane, Robbie Rogers, Janino, and Villarreal. Uh, then, then yeah, it's a tough ass to go up to. And it's, yeah. not, a, it's not like it's a, it's a long trip or anything, but it's up. You go up it's the road. It's emotional, though. You go up the road to Stanford. You're playing in front of that 50,000. You know how, how San Jose likes to, to big up that game. That's, that's their... You know that's one of the the dates they circle on their calendar, and they beat and and they beat LA three one, and they put everything they had into that game, and they didn't play midweek. And but by the way, I d- I don't want to take anything away from San Jose. They I were, don't mean to do good, that by saying good. this. They played a great game, and they were the better team on the night. Yes, but I also think one of the reasons they're the better team on the night is because of what was asked of LA over the last couple of games. And Bruce Arena had more control of this than what I, that I'm allow that I'm saying right now. He could have rested a few guys, got some fresh legs in there, and done something different. And he chose not to. But uh, in the end, it's unfortunate for me as an LA fan to see that because I feel that they were really hitting a good rhythm. Um, but going back to that, the midweek games again, I do think one other result is worthy of saying something. And if, if only to talk about how much grain of salt do you take it with that Philly beat Seattle I do, 1-0 I take, a, on, a, <laughs> on a kind of fictitious Seattle. It's a, it's a massive grain of salt because, number one, that game's away. It's across the country for Seattle. No Clint Dempsey suspended. No Obafemi Martins injured. Just a, a skeleton crew of a team that they're dealing with right now. 
Um, yeah, I I think that that and, and he uh, I think Nagel was a source, a, a lone striker in that you, game you know, if in, I remember correctly in that game knowing what that was and where you know and how difficult that was going to be across the country. Siggy Schmidt rested a bunch of guys. This was essentially the reserve team that went and played in Philadelphia. So I think you can wipe that game out. What what's <clears throat> what's more important and a better judge of where Seattle is going to be when they don't have Dempsey because even without the suspension he's going to the Gold Cup. Martins is going to be out for at least a couple more weeks. Uh, is this game that's happening right now, as you, was, you and I speaking, it's a 1-1 in something like the 670th minute or whatever it is. I'm not sure where you are because I'm on a stream. Um, 69th. Okay, so there you go. That game's going to tell us more about what Seattle's going to be in the immediate future because I'm, af- I'm not afraid because I'm not a Seattle fan, but I would be afraid if I was that they have a potential to sort of fall off a cliff for a while and then when you do get Dempsey and Martins back, when you do have your your team, your healthy team, when you are sort of trying to consolidate your position at the top of the West, you may not be able to just scramble and get it. I mean, well, see- Seattle's a team that struggled to keep it going all the way through the years and years past, where they've been the hottest team through midway of the season, even three quarters of the way through the season, and stumbled a bit down the stretch. They did to get it together enough to win the Supporters Shield last year, but they did make it kind of in, they made it kind of interesting towards the end. They had a nice point cushion going through a certain point of the year and, and let uh, LA creep back up. Um, in in terms of uh, one other team I want to talk about, and this is the East Coast team, one another one of the I think you're and I favorites that's really struggling right now is New England. New England is yeah. doing a lot of this to themselves every week. They lose 2-1 midweek to Columbus, lose 2-1 again on the weekend to Vancouver. And I'm going to say, how, how much of this is the lack of Jermaine Jones? Probably a good amount of it. Uh, they do miss him. He certainly uh, sets a tone for them. I mean, they, lo- they lose that game to Vancouver, and I'm trying to recall... Uh, the second goal, but I know Vancouver's first goal was just on a flat-out ridiculous... Well, the second goal was a, t- a penalty on a red card for Andrew okay, Farrell when right. he pulled down. Which we can talk about in a second. You said they're doing this to themselves. That first goal they certainly did, because London Woodbury just handed the ball directly to to uh, to Vancouver for that ball to be put away Yeah, for the first goal. The second... I, I don't think you should call a penalty. I mean, if even if by strict definition of the rules... It shouldn't foul, be a penalty? Man, I don't pulled know. Pull them down. He put his hands on him. I don't know. He pulled him down. It's and a that's little... it, we're all around the world. What's every striker going to do if you put your hands on him? Okay. All right. But the red card. The red card. I think the red card is a bit of a misnomer here because even if it wasn't a straight red, he was already on a yellow. Right. You're going to yellow card the guy right. for it, right? Yeah, I, you might. You don't have to. I might. You've already given a guy 20 minutes in a yellow card, cautioning him to be careful, and then he pulls down a guy uh, in the right. box. You're going right. to give him at least another yellow, so either way, he's like right. going off the field. All right, all right. And uh, they they took an early lead in that game, right? Lee Wynn with, yeah. the, with a really nice goal? Uh, no, uh, that was on, on, the, that was on, on the weekend. The mid-week. I mean, midweek. Teal Bunbury so. brought one back for him late. Teal Bunbury got one late. Okay, I'm getting one. See, this is the problem with midweek games, and I'll start having mm-hmm. a show, trying to get yeah. these things straight in my head, but you're right. Uh, and they, have, uh, they have had issues... Uh, up in New England, and I don't know, where do you put this? You put it on Jermaine Jones being out. You question their balance, maybe. I mean, you certainly have a lot of options that, that Jay Heaps had been doing pretty well with. Um, is Kobayashi good enough in, in, in the stead of Jones? Do you have, I know Andy Dorman. No, that's, that's such and, a big step down. And Andy hey, Dorman's funny, like, we talk about, we did a whole segment on the Gold Cup. And wouldn't even talk about Jermaine Jones not being in it. No, I know. Um, it, that that's and that I would have liked to seen that for one reason. I want to see when a tournament is on the line, 
What position is Jermaine Jones to Jurgen Klinsmann? Is he a center back or is he a midfielder? That's a good question. I think and that would have been answered in this tournament. Ah, man. I guess it would have been. I, and I, is he even a starter? Um, you know, don't you don't you prefer Kyle Beckerman as a, as a compliment to Michael Bradley than Jermaine Jones? Well, I think that what you're dealing with is two thirty plus players, thirty two plus players, and more than likely yeah. you're rot you're rotating Jones and Beckerman depending on matchups. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, I I think that if you're forced to pick, you need to win a game. It's a really tough decision. <clears throat> I mean, it may be a coin flip. It's a really really difficult decision. And the thing about it is, they are very different players. They may they may nominally fill the same role. They may be Michael Bradley's running partner in midfield, but they do different things. They do them they do them very differently. Jones is an is a is an effort player. Jones is going to cover tons of ground and and just be a menace to everybody. Right? Yeah. I got to pick your poison for you regarding right. Jermaine Jones here. All right. As a midfielder, Jermaine Jones. Mm-hmm. Or mixed disc group. Center midfielder. I'm going to say Jones, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. Jermaine Jones or Danny Williams. I am Mikkel Morrison and Paulson Diskere. Uh, Jermaine Jones still. Okay. As a center back, Jermaine Jones or Alvaro Saborio? <laughs> Who? No, no, oh, my God. Ventura <laughs> Alvarado. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> Duh and or hello. I would say Alvarado. I, I take natural. Really? I, I want that. I, I I like the guy in his natural position over the guy who uh, is still trying to learn how to play there. Okay, as a center back slash center midfielder, Jermaine Jones or Tim Ream as a two position player. Oh, um, Jones. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I listen. I, around across the board, other than a straight center back, then Jermaine Jones is your guy. Then okay. Yeah, I mean, I I still tr- I still think the guy's a good player. I still think he has a, a better head for the game. Than I a just lot think it's players. hard to know he's still a good player because he's been injured so much this year. This is a good point. This 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 is he's very, no very spring true. chicken. No, he's no he is no spring chicken, Grandpa. You're right. He's no spring chicken. Uh, Ooh, let me look. Adi, I think Adi just gave uh, Portland the league in the Seattle game. Okay. Right there. Well, uh, I'm still behind, so I'm waiting for, to catch up. I looked over your shoulder. Sorry, I think to, sorry to spoil you. Some things were happening, but uh, yeah, I haven't seen it myself yet. Uh, going back to these uh, MLS results as we wait for for uh, Seattle and Portland to finish up, um, I'm just going to take a look here and 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 tell me if you have any particular thoughts about anything uh, any of these uh, these games. Dallas beating Houston does that mean anything? Dallas has been playing pretty bad. They they get a good. I mean, win. Dallas needed it. It it, it. it tells me that. I mean, uh, Dallas obviously was a team struggling struggling for some decent results as of late, and uh, they needed this one. Do they need it over Houston? Sure, why not? It's it's a rivalry, from what I'm told. And <laughs> they, play, a, they play for here, a, No, here's what's important about this. Okay, you're right. They're in the same state. It is actually as those two cities big, in general, football, college. They, they have, have a big cannon that they they play for. It's, like, it's an actual cannon that you can fire. So but what I'm getting now is that your definition of rivalry is directly related to having a materialistic no, winning. No, I just said... Something tangible to win. No, I... I'm, I I'm just kidding about that. Like, obviously, there, there's a trophy between TFC and Columbus. And by the so way, can... how Texas is it that the thing that you win is a firearm? <laughs> well, it's not a firearm. 
it's a big ass piece of artillery. So it's even more t- like everything's big. It's Texas everything's big. Everything's big in Texas, yeah. right? Yeah, I don't know. Go I ahead. would prefer them to win a Cadillac like Boss Hogs, like the with the horns on the front, you know, like that. <laughs> That's what they should share back and that, forth. They should. That would and be. And they badass. should each get to paint it whatever they want to paint it. There you the go. The winner gets to paint it. There you go. Uh, and have it parked in front of the other team's. Uh, so, but you. what I will say about Dallas, what's important about this game for Dallas, if you truly want Dallas to be different than what they have been the last couple of years, it should be important to you that. Fabian Castillo scored in this game. Mm-hmm. Mauro Diaz assisted in this game. Yes. These two guys, these two guys getting back on the same page is important. If they can't do this type of thing every weekend, week out, Dallas doesn't have a chance. They Ex- don't I, I have a chance. I, I, I would agree with that. There's a lot of eggs in that ba- in that particular basket, the Castillo Diaz basket. I mean, you have Blas Perez, but you need you need service for, for Blas Perez to be effective. He needs to be the guy cleaning up messes in the box, which have to be created yeah. by guys like Diaz and Castillo. Uh, it is 2-1 in, uh, in Portland, by the way. All right, uh, let me come to see. Toronto and like, D.C. Wait, you don't believe it till you see it on your screen? Like no, me describing no, it no, to you no, isn't no. good enough for That's you? That's not why. I just I just saw it. I wasn't, I wasn't questioning. Just relax, no, there's, there's man. No, there's no love in our relationship. Just relax. I don't know why you're getting all worked up. Um all right, D.C. And, and Toronto scored uh, no goals, so we don't talk about them, despite the fact one's in first place in the East. The other one has Sebastian Jovinko, Michael Bradley, and, jo- and Josie Altidore. Uh, Phil what Dunn- I will say is this. I uh-huh. still don't believe in D.C. Still don't I believe in them. I still don't believe in them. Right. I know how much, what their point totals are. I know what the statistics that say. But if you're still going to sit in front of me and think this, tell me that D.C. United is a better team than L.A. or Seattle, you're crazy. I don't like this game. Your men are brutish and their play is ugly. <laughs> that is such a good. That's the DC drop from now. I, I would. Well, I don't think they're as brutish as some other teams out there. But I will say this: I would love for our DC United fan base, the listeners of the Best Soccer Show who support DC United, just give it to Jared Dubois every time DC uh, does something that keeps them in first place. Because right now they're. They're that's lead. the original rival. That's the original MLS rivalry. Okay, I'm LA. LA They're DC. DC. I can't give them love. They have an 11 point lead in the East right now. 11. That says more about the East. But they okay. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. They are second in the league on points and point, points per game right now to uh, to Vancouver, who won this weekend. So Vancouver drop jumping up above the uh, Seattle. If the, and if that result holds in in Portland, we'll have a new first place team. Unless it's three one. It's three one. So I must have missed something. Oh, my Lord. There's a very nice dancing person in Portland. All right. So uh, we've got a couple of minutes left here. Let me just burn through a couple of other things MLS-wise. Philly, Montreal, that was just a messy mess of a game. I'm not really going to spend a lot of time on it. Jack Mack scoring against his old team, He did. A very nice goal. And I I still don't know how to feel about Jack Mack. Is he good? Is he not? Is he coming around? He is... Uh, I, God, this is not fair. I, I was going to say he's the new like version of Chad Barrett, but that's not fair. No, that's not, not fair even all. close. It's it's not, you know no, what? You know what I'm saying by that is <clears throat> it's the potential is there. He gets minutes, and he just can't break through. I got. I've got a better one for you. By What's the way, that? by the way, the kid's got uh, 34 goals in his MLS career, and he is 22 five years, 22 years old. I mean, I know he's been in the league for a while because he came in very, very young, but he's only 22. Okay, so he's got. I'm third. not writing him off by any no, chance, no. chance, but at some point he's got to mature a little bit. I mean, 22 sounds young, but that's, that's I know, I know. But here, you you ready? In the U.S. that's that's young, but in other ready, places it's not. You ready for his comparison? And a player, yeah. a player who is actually, uh, oh, slightly younger than he is. 
Who's that? Juan Agadello. There's a little Juan Agadello is younger than Jack Mack by about two months, two and a half months. <laughs> that's a very good comparison because wouldn't you take Juan Agudelo every day of the week? Uh, I I think I would. You think? No, I would. I mean, I would, but I'm just saying. Like, you think about the their past. I, I definitely would take Juan Agudelo, but their past and like the the things that have stuck to them, the attitude problems that have been stuck to them. I mean, we remember Juan Agudelo and and the G4 and the oh he didn't work hard enough for Hans Baca in in NYC. And now what you hear about Jack Mack on his second team is oh he didn't he work hard enough in Philadelphia and he didn't So what is what was Jack Mack's birthday? Uh August 5th, 2000, or sorry, 2000. August 5th, 1992 is Jack Mack's birthday. All right, here's a player that's a year older than him. Okay. That I think took a completely different path. Well, not going to completely path. Yeah, a different path. Went to college where these guys uh came right out. Jesse Zardes. Uh-huh. One year older than those two players, mm-hmm. but he's playing for the national team regularly. Mm-hmm. He went through college system, homegrown players, uh, as Juan Agudelo did. What's the difference in Giassi Zardes and those two guys? I'll tell you right now, for me, Giassi Zardes is humble as hell. Well, that is a humble man. He doesn't go out there and flash. He doesn't talk about himself. He talks about the team when he talks, and he just puts his head down and he works. Well, you know what's interesting is that Number one, he did go to college. I mean, he played in the in the in the Galaxy system. Um, yeah, McInerney played in Georgia, was drafted. Agadello, uh, what was his situation? I'm trying to remember. I believe he would direct, went directly into the New York uh, Red Bulls camp. He was. He came out of there. He didn't come out of their academy, though. I believe he did, didn't he? No, I don't think. Uh, I don't think that that's that's. Oh no, he did. I guess he did. Yeah, you're right. Um, he uh, he did play for the Rebels Academy. My apologies. So he played for but the Rebels. Jossie Zardes was never touted at 16 years old as being no, the next but, big but, thing. No, but by the time he was done at Bakersfield, he was touted. And I remember, Absolutely. Very, I remember very clearly, and he may have been joking. He may have said this tongue-in-cheek, but the way that it got reported was Jossie Zardes was out there in the world saying, my skills are going to amaze you or something like that. Like, I'm going to blow you away with my skills. And he, but the difference is he's had a solid, he's had, he had, he's had solid coaching. He's had consistent coaching. He's had coaching that hasn't changed since he entered the league. Whereas you look at Mac, McInerney and Agadello, how many people they, how many guys that they played for each? Hackworth. Um, uh, Peter Novak, I think, is probably who um, who, who uh, yeah. McInerney came in with. Mm-hmm. Um, now he's playing up uh, up in, in in Montreal for for Agudelo. I think he came in under Baca, went through that whole big thing with Baca and and, and his style. And played probably for a little bit for uh, maybe played on the back end of Mike Pe- uh, the no. beginning of Mike Pecky's reign. I don't think so. No, I don't think. And so. And then with the Chivas USA. Yeah, yeah. I don't even remember who was coaching that team at that time. <laughs> Chief, as you say, I believe it was uh, Valde, um Oh, man, why am I blanking? Who was coaching Chief us at the time? Maybe Robert oh, Frazier. Um, it was... Um, was it Wilmer? Was he there? It may be Wilmer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, I think that's an interesting uh, comparison there. Uh, you mentioned Vancouver beating New England already. As I close this out, Sans, uh, sport, this, Sporting Kansas. This reminds me of one thing, though. I want to have a conversation with you last week, and I forgot because we didn't have this the, the, this this show. You talked about coaching and yeah. what's around a young player with Pirlo and Lampard and Davi Villa yeah. being in Manchester City. And let's like, take take Davi Villa out of it for a second with Lampard and Pirlo in the midfield of New York NYCFC. 
Is there any team outside of the biggest four teams maybe in the world that you'd rather have mixed this group playing for right now? Would you rather him playing in just, just grinding away in Europe just to be in Europe or being in the midfield every day of the week with those two guys? I could see why you might think that him being in that midfield and being in training with those guys would be good. Yeah, I could see that. Sure. Yeah, I, I would rather him be there than on a, say, mid to bottom level to, to Premier League team. Just because it's going to be, a, you're going to play every week. You know you're going to play every week. And you're going to be put against two of the best midfielders of a generation. You can't say that about almost any other team that he would be able to play for right now in Europe. The teams that Mystic Screw would be put on wouldn't have that. Yeah. So right, I think it. there's a, something to be said about the difference in the, in the way that we've always approached where Americans should go play. Do you really need to go to Europe anymore if you can play in a midfield with, Pier, with Pirlo and Lampard? Where, where should um, t- t- uh, McNamara be right now? At some like, bottom Scandinavian t- team up uh, in Europe? Or should he be there as well? Yeah. I can see that. I can see your argument there. All right. Uh, I'm just fascinated by this comparison of Agadello and McInerney. I was just looking at their, their goal scoring in MLS. I know Agadello went uh, to Europe and, and had a good year in, in Holland. He lost a season, too. Uh, uh, 36 goals in his career for McInerney. Um, a goal every two and a half games. Okay. One Agadello, a goal every 2.72 games in MLS. Just in MLS, not not considering his European record. So I'm just, okay. I, I'm just putting that out there. I don't know what it means. Probably, probably nothing. RSL and Columbus, uh, well, I mentioned Sporting Kansas City being, beating Colorado. Expect that. RSL, Columbus, 2-2. That was, um, that was an interesting game. RSL should have had that game, should have put that game away. They couldn't. And at home, and you wonder, again, we, we say this every week now, it seems like, Jared, I know, they had one good result against Sporting at home, but it seems like every week we say the the the, the curtain is coming down on old RSL on on the team that we just believed every year was going to be a competitor for a title. Yeah, it's it, it's a tough thing to watch right now. I mean, they they set the standard for how small budget small market teams should should be uh, attack the league, and they were a dynasty. I, I think I really do believe they were. I know not the dynasty in the way that people think about with like five rings on your finger or anything like that, but if just thinking of what they were able to do with the components that they had, and as that band started breaking up, this was what you hope wouldn't happen, <clears throat> and it's happening. Mm. And Jeff Kassar is the unfortunate captain of a ship that feels rudderless. I want to say rudderless, but a ship without a name anymore, like yeah. no identity anymore. Yeah. And that's what I'm kind of worried that's going to be lost here along the way. The Garth Legere, I mean, that's huge. I yeah. mean, what, what's what, what's what's next? Is is like Dunny going to go call games for someone else? <laughs> I mean, they're they're slowly missing the pieces that that you associate with RSL. Yeah, uh, we are in extra time, so we're going to try to or out of time. We're going to try to wrap this up pretty quickly. The New York uh, Derby, the Hudson River Derby. Which uh, are with the which Red Bull one three one over City. They just took control in the second half. Dominated City. Pirlo in attendance. LL Cool J in attendance. Frank Lampard in attendance. Uh, by the way, LL the, I mean he's got to be in the top ten of, of of like coolest guys to ever go to an MLS game, right? You know what? I think he's cool on the edge of super douchey. Okay. All right. I, I think it depends on who you are. Like, there's our generation that remembers him as both. 
Uh-huh. We remember him as the dude in 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 the in the bucket hat, just yeah, spitting rhymes and like go, just yeah. oh, going back to Cali. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then there was, there was a radio. generation now of the MLS fans that remember him as a as a detective. Come on, a roundaway girl is a fantastic song. Oh um, yeah, that's a great song. Um, yeah, you're right, a detective and like a game show host kind of guy now. Like, no, oh, that's the guy that hosts the Grammys. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, you know, then, but then there's the okay. Maybe you and I are old enough to go all the way back to his, to his original, um, you know, ladies love cool James. Yeah, ladies love cool James. I can't live without my radio and roundaway girl and all that stuff. Then he had that '90s period where he was basically like, uh, where it was all about like these love, (laughs) like these rap songs that were like just sexualized. To the nth degree, remember all those because, songs? Because, I mean, my man was using what he had, okay? Like, so, like, his generation of hip-hop had changed, but he still had these amazing abs and pecs. <laughs> He's a good-looking face. Yeah. I mean, look at, D- well, look at what my man D'Angelo did with the same thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He was the D- D'Angelo of rap, essentially, was what L.O. went with. And then we come into the, two th- the, tw- the 21st century, and all of a sudden, he's like, yeah, he's like hosting game shows and... Uh, yeah, starring on CSI Los Angeles, where the hell that show you is. You got to hustle, man. NCI, you got to hustle. NCIS Los Angeles, and he's running around with, uh, wasn't that guy Robin in one of the Batman movies? I don't know. Oh, Chad, Chris McDonald, is that who he's with? No, I don't know. It's it's some guy, it's some like random white guy. Yeah, he know. was Robin. He was Robin in, in yeah. the same one that where <clears throat> the girl from Clueless, what's her name, was uh, Batgirl. Yeah, Alicia Silverstone. Yes. Uh, so there you go. All right, um, I think that's going to do it. Portland, Seattle. Portland's going to wrap that up 3-1. Big win for them. But, I mean, you look at what Seattle had to play with, Jared. They started Chad Barrett and Lamar Nagel up top. Just, you know, they're just they're just down too many weapons to walk into Portland and expect to put forth a big effort and win that game. Uh, but they're, they'll be all right. I think they'll be all right in the end. Yeah, they'll be okay, but it's still a, a red flag. I'm not convinced of any team in this whole league right now. Really? <clears throat> Seattle and L.A., I think, will be there in the end, but... There's no one. God, DC's most consistent team out there. I'll say that they're consistent. Okay, let's uh, let's do this very quickly then. Okay, let's finish this this show up because we're about ten minutes over time right now. Uh, if yeah, you, I got a date to go on. Yeah, you do. Uh, yeah, we're doing this show early on a Sunday just so Jerry can go and and, and perform his hey, marital man, duties. When later. you're married with two kids and you yeah. got a, a night where a grandma says, "I'll take the kids for the night," you yeah. better plan something. Uh, all right, so uh, it's 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 June twenty eighth, two thousand fifteen. The schedule's all a little bit all over the place, which makes it tough. But if you had to make one pick right now, give me an Eastern Conference champion and a Western Conference champion right now. Pick it. Don't know what DC United in Seattle. Okay, all right, that's fair. I would. I think I'm going to go with New England. Eleven points, dude. I think New England's no. I don't mean first place. I mean wins the like comes out of the playoffs and fin- and is in the MLS Cup. Oh, that's different. Yeah. No, it actually, it's, it, uh, uh, I'm going to go with <laughs> I'm going to go with Toronto FC and Seattle. Ooh, my man went out on a limb. It's going to be shaky I, out there. Listen, I wouldn't be surprised if they still make a couple moves in the transfer window for some things that they need, like defense. Okay. They can get a defender not on a DP contract. They're willing to spend money, okay. and the team is rounding it to form nicely. Okay, I'm going to go with New England, and uh, I'll put my faith in Seattle, even though they can never win in the playoffs. All right, that's going to do it for us. On a Sunday, thank you very much for listening to the Best Soccer Show. Make sure you go to backhill.com. We've got a store over there with some T-shirts and stuff. We keep forgetting. Jared's too busy with his wife. I'm too busy with other stuff. We haven't done the T-shirt stuff. If you guys have T-shirt ideas, this is what we do. We crowdsource the hell out of it. You have T-shirt ideas, 
send us your concepts at Best Soccer Show. Uh, and we'll maybe we'll read them on the air next week. We'll, uh, we we'll need something for Julie Johnston. Yeah, we do. Like Johnston and Johnston, but it's just two like big old like mm. arms are buff. Uh, is there something with Julie? Is there? She's she got that blonde hair with the with the the mm. you know the hair the, the hair holding apparatus wrap. Doesn't she? Yeah, doesn't she have like? Doesn't she wear like a headband type of thing? It's like right? a pink band. Yeah. Yeah. There's got to be something there. All right. Uh, but that's gonna do it. Appreciate uh, you guys listening to the show. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. I am Mikkel Morrison and Paulson Diskere. Playing hot dogs and donuts with two fangirls in the locker room? 